Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. Praise God, we are coming to the end of this chapter. And uh, again, we're not rushing through it. We want to take the verses uh, from a topical point. And um, we are in verses 28 and 29 now. And this section is entitled Righteousness and Confidence Before God. Now, even though these verses basically form a bridge, because they're the last two verses of this chapter, they kind of form a bridge between chapter 2 and chapter 3 and what's coming up. Uh, even though they do that, there, there are some tremendous truths in here. And the Apostle John, uh, I'm going to be reading verses 28 and 29. He says, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Verse 29, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. There's a mouthful there. There's a lot there. Let's go back to verse 28 again. And uh, let me just point a few things out. First of all, when he says, and now little children, it is actually the Greek word technion. It is re- referring this time to the entire congregation. At one point in time, he, he, he used the word children, but in the uh, in the Greek, it was a different word. It meant babes in Christ. Here he is talking to everyone. Amen? All right, so that's the difference. First off, and uh, <clears throat> notice when he says abide in him, it's, it's exactly what he had uh, finished saying in verse 27 when he said, remember again, we looked at that, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. You don't need anyone to teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it, has, as it has taught you, he says at the end, you will abide in him. So following that, he says, and now little children, abide in him. So he's repeating this to emphasize the fact that fellowship with God's Son is imperative for every believer. And he goes on to say why. He says that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now... Let's first talk about when he appears. <laughs> okay, all right. Colin G. Cruz writes, he says, The author speaks several times in this letter of the appearing of Jesus Christ. More often than not, it refers to his incarnation. That's when he was born, okay? But in this verse, it refers to Christ's future appearing. So it's different here. And as to which particular future appearing this is referring to, John MacArthur explains that the phrase, when he appears refers specifically to the rapture and gathering of the church and the judgment seat of Christ to follow. Notice that we not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now, the rapture of the church is an event that is well documented in the New Testament. So let's first of all go and have a quick look at that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to be reading in verses 51 and the first part of verse 52. The Apostle Paul writes there and he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. I want you to notice, first of all, it's a mystery. Okay? It's said that some, even the church doesn't know some of this. You know, it seems to be a mystery to them as well. It is not meant to be a mystery to us because he says, listen, I'm going to explain to you a mystery. And he says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That is an incredible thing. We're all going to be changed. One way or the other, we're going to be changed. Amen. You know, we've been praying and saying, please, God, you know, we want to get to this place where we're perfect and, you know, all the rest of it. You will get there. Whether you do it before this happens or whether this is the way it happens, either way, you're going to be changed. 
Hallelujah. And it says here, we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. The, the thought behind it was that time, in, in a moment of time, that you could not divide further at the last trumpets. And that's speak, uh, speaking specifically about the rapture of the church. So that is a whole subject in itself. The rapture is coming. It is a sovereign act of God. Whether people believe it or not, it'll come. It's just like the sun rising. If you believe it or not, it'll still rise. You know, you saying, oh, well, I don't believe the sun's going to rise tomorrow. It doesn't matter, dude. It's rising. Like it or not, (laughs) it's coming. (laughs) As for the judgment seat of Christ that follows, that's brought out in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10, where the apostle says, Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. He says in verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Did you notice that? We are all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Watch now that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So we're going to be judged on everything. Now, you you might say, well, what happens to the things that we confess? Well, those don't exist anymore. Amen. See, the only ones that are going to be judged for bad things are the ones that didn't confess nothing. Did you get that? And also the world that did not receive him. So that's why I always say, you know, that's why I love that Apostle John says, you know, if we acknowledge our sin, if we confess it, acknowledge it, he's faithful and just to forgive us. If he has forgiven us, then he won't judge us over that. Can I get an amen on that? Isn't that great news? I think that's great news. Okay. Hallelujah. That's, that's the reason why I say it's such a powerful thing. When you, when you ask for forgiveness, when you acknowledge your sin, you are cleansed. You're not only forgiven, but you are cleansed as well. Which means there's nothing there on your record. You know when they, you know when they, uh, today you get arrested, you get a record. Okay. And then they write something in it. And it's like, oh man, now that follows you everywhere you go. You don't you want somebody to be able to go and erase that? Like it never happened? That's what happens to you heaven-wise. Amen. The, when it comes to the greatest judge and the greatest court on earth, when you ask for forgiveness, your, your, your whole record is just wiped out. And the devil can't come and say, well, all the times that, that I tricked him to, I mean, he did those things because it's usually him behind your, you know, all your downfall. And your file's empty. Praise God. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> now, once again, these are both sovereign acts of God. Therefore, they cannot be compromised or altered in any way or form, especially since Jesus himself says in Matthew 24 and verse 36, but of, the, of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Amen? It's one of those really interesting... So that's Matthew 24, 36. It's really interesting that even Jesus doesn't know that. I think that is extraordinary. The angels don't know it. Only the Father. Hallelujah. Do you know what? Do you know why I believe that's the case? Do you know why I believe there's no really a set date, so to speak? Because of us. The children are praying. Half the children are going, come now, Lord. And the other half are saying, don't come yet. We ain't finished. <laughs> Amen. You know? And, and, you know, it's really interesting because in the Old Testament, all the things happen exactly according to schedule. It's really interesting. 
in the New Testament, the schedule is really murky. It says about this time, but we really don't know. And people have predicted that, you know, in fact, according to one person, we all should have gone up in 1986. Uh, I don't think that happened. Do you think that? No. <laughs> okay. All right. We're still here. We are, you know, and while I was praying about it, I said, God, what's up? He said, don't you understand? In the Old Testament, they were all servants. In the New Testament, you're all sons. I mean, the girls too. Because the son lives in you. Amen. And, you know, just as I believe it was Joshua when he was fighting and he said, I need more time. And the sun stood still. You know, if somebody can do that and prolong a day, what do you think? And he wasn't a son. Amen. What do you think the children of God can do? See, this is why the apostle John is going to go on in First John chapter 3 and verse 1. He's going to say, behold, what manner of love. That we should be called the children of God. Do you see? We still don't understand what that is. That that means that there were privileges attached to that. When you become a child of God, you become a part of that family with all the rights that go with that family. Do you understand? So everything that Jesus did, anything that Jesus did as the Son of God is open to you. Now, he was operating under the old covenant when he came. That's why he said, greater things than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. Because had he not had to operate under the Old Testament and that covenant, can you imagine the things he would have been doing? Amen. See, a lot of people don't realize that he worked under all kinds of restrictions. Because he said he didn't come to break the law, he came to fulfill it. And he had to really, he had to operate within the boundaries of that law and that covenant. Can I use the word covenant? And do you know what Hebrews tells us now? That we have a much better covenant built on better promises. That's why Jesus, see, it wasn't that Jesus couldn't do that stuff. He wasn't permitted to do that stuff. Are you all with me? He had to operate within that. We're not bound by those, there's no boundaries on us. Amen. And that's why, you know, it's, it's a shame that we, you know, the church went backwards from that moment instead of going forward. The early church began to move forward a little bit where, you know, people were getting healed, even in the vicinity of a person passing, Peter, for example, as he walked and he, he you know, he, wherever his shadow fell, people were being healed. Why? Because remember, uh, we were, we were discussing this in, in Bible college, but one of the, um, places where it talks about Jesus healing everyone, it actually said, because, see, remember the woman with the issue of blood? You know, she learned from an event that took place earlier on that people were just coming up and touching his garment. It wasn't his garment. It actually, in the original, it says that power was flowing out of him and everything around him was being healed. You wonder what was happening to all the vegetation, huh? I wonder if little flowers were blooming and blossoming everywhere. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I mean, if that kind of life is coming out, this earth fell under a curse. And, and, the, and the author of life, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The author of life is walking and power is just flowing out of him. I, I just think everything around him, not just the people, I think the land was being healed. I'm just saying, you know. Amen? And, you know... Instead of us moving forward from that place, sadly, we, you know, the, the, the church started to deny that, you know, healing is for us today and it, it, that passed away and everything else. 
And instead of moving forward, we started to go backwards. And I believe now is the time to go forward again, family. I think it's time that we started pushing ahead again. Amen? And if we believe, see, this is why Jesus said, you know, if you can only believe, you can just believe, the thing will work. The way he put it was, he said, all things are possible to him that believes. Well, we just, you know, we hear that and it becomes a Bible verse. I want to say to you this way, if you can just believe, it'll work. <laughs> okay, can I say it that way? So, how do we get to that place? Well, faith comes by hearing. It doesn't come by straining. Can I get an amen on that? See, some people are trying to grow their faith in a vacuum. Don't do that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. You need to hear and hear and hear and hear some more and go back and listen again like you've never heard it before. And you'll be surprised at all the things that you'll pick up. Amen. I mean, I, I, there, were, there are times when I'm listening to something and I would almost swear that I never heard that before on that. I mean, I've heard it like 20 times, never heard that. Do you know what the second hearing is? Understanding. Gaining insight. See, there's a difference between hearing something and suddenly gaining an insight and an understanding. You know what the other word that we use there is? Revelation. You see, we have a lot of knowledge, but we don't have a lot of revelation. Can I get amen here? Okay, do you all understand what I'm saying? Revelation gets you out of your seat. Okay? <laughs> revelation, it, it, it releases the power from within. Revelation begins to release everything in the spirit. Because it is a power that begins to flow from within, and there's no stopping it. Once you have a revelation, you're there. And see, this is, this is the fallacy, this is the problem where people, you know, are just looking for more knowledge. Do you know what's happening while you're just gaining more and more knowledge? No revelation. Because you're not gaining any real understanding about what you've already heard. The best way to explain this is, you know, if you start a new job, they'll, they can probably teach you, probably in about a day, everything you need to know. But that doesn't mean you know it. Until you start to do it. And until you, you are, you know, seeing the, 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 the nitty gritty of it. Just the, the minuscule, the little things to, to kind of go, you know, because you can say, you know, you can grow from here to there in 10 steps. But what happens if you step off? At num step number three, something goes wrong. You can't go to step four. You got to problem solve at step three. Hence the revelation. <laughs> if you don't understand what all is exactly going on, you won't know how to solve your problem. Amen? And so this is the reason why, you know, as you start to do, that's why James says, it's, it's the doer of the word that is blessed. Can I say it another way? It is the doer of the word that gets the revelation. Amen? You start doing and things start to become revealed. You start to get insights into things that you think, Wow, it meant all of the, you know, I knew the scripture, for example, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and I applied it to a certain degree, but then, you know what, I got a revelation on it, and I realized that all the problems that we are having, you see, you, you know, in the, in the past, I looked at it and thought, well, yeah, you know, you know, God's kids were being destroyed for a lack of knowledge, I mean, they were just going downhill because they weren't, you know, they didn't know the word of God, but then I realized that they didn't have the word revealed to them. Then I started to realize, see, I'm, I'm giving you an example. Okay, this is an example. Okay, <laughs> all right. Then I started to realize, what don't we know? 
For all that we do know, what don't we know? Like somebody said, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say? And, you know, I suddenly thought, what don't we know? Because if things aren't working the way they should work, still we don't know something. We can beat ourselves over the head. We can say that, oh, we don't have enough love and we don't have enough faith and we're not holy enough and we're not righteous enough. And, you know, all of those also because of lack of knowledge. See, whatever thing we come up with, it's a lack because if you knew, you'd do. If it was revealed to you, you wouldn't have a battle. But if it's not revealed to you, now you're fighting because you don't really know. You think you know, and this is the difference between, you know, uh, having head knowledge. Somebody called it this way, having head knowledge and heart knowledge. Are you all with me? When you have head knowledge, it doesn't do much. You know, you know, just like there's a lot of doctors out there that's smoking. They know it'll kill you, but they're smoking anyway. They have head knowledge. But there are some out there that got a revelation. They spat it out and said, no, <laughs> okay. That's, you know, to, 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 to one, it's like, yeah, that'll kill you. That's the head knowledge. To the other one, it's like, that will kill you. What is wrong? Slap it out of your face. What is wrong with you? You know what I'm trying to say? You know, that person has a revelation. You all see what I'm trying to say? You can see the same thing in Christianity. Oh, yes, I know I should be holy. Yeah, you, you don't have a revelation, sweetheart. <laughs> you, know, you know a lot of stuff, but you have no revelation. Because if it was revelation, you wouldn't be saying that you would be doing it. The people that are out there saying that they should be doing this and should be doing that are the people that aren't doing it. The people that are doing it don't ever talk about it because they're just doing it. It's natural to them. It's not like, oh, I should, I should, I should. They are. And they don't make a big deal out of it because they're just doing it. And it takes somebody else f to recognize and say, wow, you are this. And then you think, oh, am I? Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay. Amen. It, should, it shouldn't be you're, you're, you're sweating okay, like Jesus sweated blood. No, it's not like that. He did that for you <laughs> so you wouldn't have to do it. Amen. So what am I saying? Listen, if you get a revelation on something, you're there. Look for the revelations. And those things don't come quickly. It takes time. You need to meditate on the Word. And when I say meditate, I mean if you have to listen to you know, a message 600 times, we'll do that until you get it. How do I know? When you oh, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know. Trust me, you'll know. Okay, <laughs> The whole household will know you got a revelation. Let me say that. Okay. Hallelujah. All right. <laughs> Let's return to this and continue on. Now notice he goes in to say here that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Now according to this verse, having confidence and not being ashamed before him, or literally not being put to shame before him at the time of his coming and the subsequent judgment that's to follow, is based on our relationship with him. Or as the Apostle John put it, our abiding in him. Amen? The reason being is that as we abide in Him, there are several things that will happen. Firstly, we will become perfected in love. Now, the Apostle John is going to actually talk about this later on. In 1 John chapter 4, and let's quickly look at verses 16 and 17. We're not going to look at this in detail because when we get there, we'll talk about it, okay? But I want you to see, because remember again, this, this letter was written, you know, in totality. It wasn't that he sent a page here and a page there. 
Okay? So when they read it, they read the whole thing. I am breaking it down because there's so much uh, insight to be gained from all of this. Amen? But, you know, it, 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 would, it would bless you if you just read the whole thing through. And it's, it's only five chapters. It's not too long to get through. It's not like a gospel, you know, with 26 or whatever chapters. All right? It's only got five little chapters, but they're powerful. And you can see connections as you read it through. Do you understand? Amen? And hopefully with the things that I'm teaching you, you will gain great insight. See, what I want to do is not give you knowledge. What I want to do is give you revelation. You see, you can know the whole book. See, a lot of people do Bible studies. You all know Bible, you know, people. Okay. And they just race through a book, you know, like one book in a week or something. You know, you don't learn anything. You just know who wrote it and you generally know what all happened. You can't do that. You can't wave that thing at the devil when he attacks you. That's not a sword. A sword is the word of God coming out of your heart as a revelation. Are you all with me? When a revealed word comes out, it will change things. See, let me just spend another moment on this. Just because you've memorized it doesn't mean it's still revealed to you. Okay? There's a difference between memorizing. See, there are people out there that can quote scripture to you. Don't let them fool you that they know so much. You know, they can quote scripture and their life is terrible. And you think, oh my God, they know so many scriptures. I don't know that many scriptures. Where is the hope for me? If they know that much and they're not doing so well. I got Buckley's. (laughs) I had trouble remembering one scripture. It's not about what's in your head. See, this had to work for the smartest and the simplest person. Listen to me. Okay, a smart person can probably memorize the whole Bible. A simple person probably have trouble remembering one verse. Here's the great equalizer. It takes the same amount of time for them to get a revelation. (laughs) Do you understand? And sometimes when you're smart, it's just as big a disadvantage of you not, you know, not being smart because sometimes you don't have the patience. You're used to getting through things quickly. You don't have the patience to sit on one thing and stew on it. You know, it's kind of like a hen sitting on an egg waiting for the thing to hatch. You want to kind of put a heat lamp on it and walk up. <laughs> Come back in 10 days. No. Okay? You can't do stuff like it. It doesn't work. It, you need to think about it. You need to spend time asking the Lord, show me. Reveal this to me. Amen? And when that thing is revealed, then something happens. A sword comes out of your heart, out of your mouth. That's why Jesus said, if anyone will say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. Which means it's a revelation now. But will believe. Amen? What he says, because it's revealed to him, that if he believes, it will happen. And that because he believes, it will happen. Whenever, you're, whenever you pray and say, God, I hope something happens, yeah, I didn't believe that much. I'm just saying. Because when you pray and when you believe and you release it, there's no question that it's happened. The, the, the only problem you'll be having is, how, why is it taking so long? I know I believed. God, what's up? <laughs> okay? See, that's the difference between a person that has a revealed has revealed knowledge and prays, and a person that prays hoping something happens. Because one has revelation, one just has the word and what it says, but no revelation. Amen. Okay. Getting back to this. All right. So again, it says here, um, let me just read this. 
It's um, in First John chapter 4 and verse 16. He says, and we have known and believed. Remember again, we're saying that as we abide in him, these are the things that begin to happen. And we have known and have believed uh, the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So what happens is love becomes perfected on the inside of you. I love verse 17. It says love has been perfected among us in this. So notice he didn't say it's going to be. He said it's perfected in us in this. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Boy, that is a huge scripture. I so want to preach it now, but I've got to wait till when we get to John chapter 4. Okay, first John chapter 4. All right. Uh, but this is a very powerful thing. And see, he, he, he makes a declaration. First of all, he says God is love. Did you notice that? And we, we're going to find out, and we'll do this when we do this study. We're going to find out that love never fails. Ooh, okay. This, that's in Corinthians. All right. And then he goes on to say, as he is, so are we. If he is love, and love never fails, as he is, so are we, we'll never fail. Did you get that? Forget it now, because I'm going to preach it to you later. All right, no. <laughs> but I want you to see something here in that we, we begin to understand that as we abide in Him, because you're abiding in love. Do you understand? And as the more you abide in Him, the more that love begins to turn on the inside of you. And you begin to look past all the things that are getting in the way of you moving your mountains. Hallelujah. Because can I say this? All the strife and all the things that the devil tries to put in you, see, Another revelation. You ready for another one? Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Everything that happens to you out there is, is there to come to steal your peace away from you. Listen to me. The way it steals your peace away from you is by getting your eyes off God and onto it. So you take your eyes off the solution and put it on the problem. While you have your eyes on the problem, then you no longer... Trusting God to take care of the problem. You are now looking at the problem and you're kind of sizing it up and you're sizing yourself up and you want to see, can you take the problem down? And what do you need to do to take that problem down? You know, you know we do this without realizing it. And the, that's the whole idea. And while you're doing that, your faith is just getting wasted away. You know why? Because you're no longer... See, we were <laughs> talking about this this morning. In Mark 11 and verse 22, remember when, when the incident when Peter uh, runs up to the fig tree and says, it's dried up from the roots. Remember that? And Jesus begins to teach him something. The first thing that he says is have faith in God, which can also be translated have the faith of God. And you know, one of the things that I'm beginning to realize more and more, and I'm beginning to see, there's, a, there's such a link between the two. You can't have the faith of God without having faith in God. And I've said this before, but we need to get a revelation that the two are actually so closely linked that even though having faith in God is understanding that God will do stuff on your behalf. Can I say that? Whereas having the faith of God is you being able to do things. Do you understand? Because you have the faith of God. You're moving in the faith of God to call things that be not as though they were and all the rest of it. Okay, we don't want to go into details right now. But it is something because it says, uh, um, remember when Jesus said, 
these signs will follow those who believe. See, this is the faith of God in operation. They lay hands and sick, they will recover. Okay, that's one of the things. Okay, they can drink deadly things and everything else. That's the faith of God in operation. Because it never said, in, it didn't say, you will pray to the Father, and you will lay hands and they will be healed. Did you, did you all notice that? They, it just said, these signs will follow those who believe. If you believe, it will work. If you don't, it won't work. Okay? So there's the faith of God. This is a very quick version. Okay? All right. Okay. So there's the faith of God. And so, you know, we look at that and we think, oh, we start to get focused on the faith of God and we kind of forget that we need to have faith in God in order to operate in the faith of God. You can't operate in the faith of God without having faith in God. Did you get that? Do you know why? (laughs) Because He lives in you. Nothing will work if you don't realize that greater is he that is in you, that he paid the price for you to do this, and you wouldn't be doing any of this if he didn't go to the cross. Hello. And you don't realize, and you need another realization, Jamie's favorite scripture, in Galatians 2.20, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And so not only the life that I live, but the works that I do. Can we say that? It's because of Him. So the faith of God is totally proportional to faith in God. Are you getting this? The more faith in God, the more faith of God. The more faith of God that you're operating in, the more faith in God we know you have. Amen? Hallelujah. This thing is so close, you can't pull them apart. You can define them, but you can't pull them apart. Are you getting this? Amen. See, don't ever... And oh, Let me finish this now. <laughs> now that we went there. <laughs> understand something. When you go into a situation, understand God is going in there with you. That everything that you have need of is in there. So, dear God, pray with all of your heart. Because you have nothing to lose. In fact, if you don't, then you lose something. <laughs> okay? Don't go hoping something is going to happen. Go believing it will happen. And don't be moved by what you see or what you don't see. <laughs> okay? You just, you know, when things aren't working out the way they should in the natural, just don't be moved. Amen. We need to learn to do that. But that will only happen when you have a revelation. You getting this now? <clears throat> and the revelation that you need right now, and we'll finish with this because I have run out of time, is that when you walk in love, when you abide in Him, and that love begins to work on the inside of you, it takes out all the things that come to distract you. All the things that cause your heart to be troubled. Amen? And that's why Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it, because if it does, it won't work. The engine breaks down. Are you all here? The thing that causes the impossible to happen isn't working now. Because you're upset. Hallelujah. One of the things that I know I have to do consciously is to say, God, I'm rolling this care onto you. I'm not being careless. I am being responsible by rolling it onto you. <laughs> okay? Do you, see, you need to get this now. Therefore, if you say something to me that I need to do something, I'll do it. I'm not being careless about this, but I'm not going to carry the weight of the thing. You carry it. Because you're designed to carry, I'm not. 
Okay, all right? Okay, but whatever you tell me to do, I will do it with the knowledge that you're backing me and that everything that I'm doing now is according to your will, not according to what I think might work. And God, I hope it works, okay? It's not one of those things. You spoke, I'm doing, it will work, and it should, and if it doesn't, I'll have a word with you. I'll be praying this evening. <laughs> oh, you never saw a prayer like that, did you? Okay, yeah. Amen. You know, because you, you need to be that way. You need to understand that as long as you're listening to God, and as, God, as long as God is directing you, it will work. Remember what God said to Joshua? He says, if you meditate on the word, if you do all that, you do according to all that is written, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. He didn't say you, you kind of, you, you know, you get a kind of 50 50 prosperity and you most of the time succeed. Mostly. There's no mostlies in, <laughs> okay? There's no most of them. There's no mostlies. It is that you will. Hallelujah. I always think like, you know, you, you know, they're all Nazis. You will do this. <laughs> okay. You, you know, that was, they, that was a smart thing they did. They, they didn't accept failure. There's no try. You will. If you don't come back, we know it didn't work. <laughs> There's no coming back to say it failed because you died trying. Hello. It, it was literally a do or die thing. You know what? And I think in, the, in, in, in God, I truly believe we should have that kind of mentality. God, if this doesn't work, I'll be in your face. You won't be in mine, I'll be in yours. Because I'll be there, I'll be dead, I'll be there. <laughs> okay? We'll have words. <laughs> Amen. See, God wants that. You don't know how much He wants that. Somebody who will just believe. How do I know that? And we'll conclude with this because Jesus, it's, Jesus said, will the Son of Man find faith when He comes to this earth? Huh? Or is He going to find a whole bunch of doubt? Well, I believe in this church is going to find faith. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll continue on next week with this. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just thank you today for your word.